This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 42. Well, good day. My name is Keen O'Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it is possible for Christians or people of faith to reach financial independence. You can expect one episode uh, per week from me. During those times, I want to help you and myself to see what the Bible says about handling money and wealth. I'm currently on a journey through the Bible looking at wealthy people in the Bible who are people of God. This is the 11th installment in this series. I may have lost track a couple of weeks ago, but this is the 11th, and today we look at Queen Esther. So, some of the people we've looked at uh, previously, we looked at Job, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Last week, we looked at Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. We looked at King Solomon a few weeks ago. Uh, talked there about wisdom over wealth. And two episodes ago, we talked about the wife of noble character. So two weeks ago, we looked at a female, a woman in the Bible. And now we're looking at another woman in the Bible. So this is not uh, man or male-centric. These are people of God. Okay? And women are people of God just like men. So a plug there for the women of God out there listening. So, in this particular episode, we're looking at Queen Esther and talking about great financial advice. There are some key characters in the book of Esther. Yes, the book of Esther is named after Esther, the queen. There's King Xerxes, who is her husband, there is this guy, Haman, who's a pretty bad, bad character, evil intentions. There's Mordecai, this Esther's family member, her cousin. There's Esther, the queen. And then there are the Jews. By the time we jump into the piece that I'm going to read, just a few verses in chapter 5, Esther was, so kind of background, Esther was chosen to be queen. She replaced the previous queen, whose name was Vashti. And Mordecai, at some point, had uncovered a plot to kill the king. And by doing this, he saved the king's life. Now, Haman, the bad man I mentioned earlier, he was actually honored by the king for some other reason. And the people were told to honor Haman and that they should bow down to him. But Mordecai would not um, honor or bow down to Haman. Haman is enraged. He's filled with anger at Mordecai. But instead of finding a way to kill or just destroy Mordecai, no, 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 he wants to do something bigger or, sorry, worse than that. He comes up with a way to destroy Mordecai's people. And not just Mordecai's family, but the Jews, all of them. By the way, I may not have mentioned, yeah, I did say that Esther was Mordecai's cousin. Esther, the queen, was a Jew. Now, she had kept this a secret, 
but because of what Haman had done and the king agreed to it, she would have been swept up and killed as well. Mordecai learns of the wicked plan and he starts to mourn. The plan was that there would be a day when the people in the provinces would have an opportunity to kill all the Jews. Esther then also becomes aware because Mordecai is mourning. Mordecai urges Esther to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy for the Jews. Now, to go into the king's presence was kind of complicated. And in fact, he had to invite you. If you go uninvited, you could be put to death. There was one exception, however. Mordecai warns Esther that she would not escape even though she was in the king's palace. But more so, that many, many people would die if she kept silent. Esther, you know, taking this, listening to what he is saying, and I guess hurt in her heart about what Haman is planning for the Jews, she asks the people to fast for her, after which she would actually go into the king. And she knows that she's risking her life. In fact, she says, if I perish, I perish. So we're going to jump into Esther 5. And I'm only going to read three verses today, guys. Verses 1 to 3. says, on the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. So, we gonna stop right here. She actually gets into the king, and he's not gonna kill her. So, that you know her plan there worked. But the king offers her, right? And I say offers her, and and sometimes you know I've read Esther before, at least a couple of times, but this this really never stuck out to me. He is offering her a chance to get up to half of the kingdom. She goes to him for, you know, trying to figure a way to save her people. And before she gets into that, the king says that she could get up to half the kingdom. What a choice that is. But she chose to save her people instead. And so my question is, who was giving her financial advice, right? Well, <laughs> who indeed? Great advice. She had an opportunity to get half the kingdom or save her people. She chose to save her people instead. Money, riches, wealth is for many people, right? Or are for many people, you know, forgive my grammar this morning, something to go after or die trying to get it. 
For Esther, the rescuing of people's lives was more important. And you may think, and I hope you're thinking this, her choice was a no-brainer. But it really depends on our mindset. In our lives, we will have choices. And our response, right, as believers, as Christians, our response should come from, what does God want me to do here? In fact, Mordecai had previously said to Esther that perhaps she had become queen for such a time as this. God had put her there to save lives. She was not there by accident. So when it comes to choices about money, we ought to think about our purpose. Why does God have me here and what should I do based on that? And based on the fact that God has me here, right? We're not just floating around in the atmosphere. No, we are where we are for reasons a lot of times we don't know. But God has something for us to do where we are. So back to the narrative. Esther comes up with a plan to trap Haman and deliver the Jews. Mordecai is honored, Haman is hanged, and eventually all the enemies of the Jews are killed. Then, because the Jews were victorious and delivered, there was a celebration called Purim. This would be a time to remember the deliverance. So they would celebrate this every year. A time of feasting and joy and of giving gifts to one another and the poor. So let me ask you this morning as we kind of head on to, to a close. Who is giving you financial advice? Or where are you getting your financial advice from? What are you basing your choices on? This is one of the most important things for us to figure out on our wealth journey. That is getting good financial advice, right? Where are we going to get it from? Who are we going to get it from? I believe that as a Christian, my wealth journey needs to be guided by God and his word. What does that mean? In a practical sense, it means that I cannot do things, should not, I cannot do things against God, against his word, and expect to win. In my dealings, I need to be fair, transparent, and not do anything illegal, right, or untoward. I must have integrity as I work, and, or, you know, I have my own business, I need to have integrity as I offer services, or sell products, or deal with customers. Wealth is good, but our purpose as followers of God, trumps that. You know, I believe I've said before on one of these episodes about money. Money is just a tool, right? But we're supposed to use money the way God tells us to use money. We need to be guided by the Bible. The Bible has the answers. I believe this. I've said it, and I will continue to say it. The Bible has the answers to how we win with money as believers. Today's example is today's episode, sorry, is just one example. We need to choose 
based on God. Choose right based on God. Well, that's all I have for you today. Please join me next time when we take a look at Daniel. When I was making up my list, I kind of skipped over Daniel for some strange reason. But when I thought about it this morning, I'm like, no, I need to circle back and look at Daniel before we go into the New Testament because we have some people there to look at. But uh, Daniel was kind of um, before Esther, and that's why I say circled back in terms of the, um, you know, the chronological order. But we'll take a look at him. I believe there's a lot we can learn from him. And then we'll jump into the New Testament in uh, subsequent episodes. But please invite your families, invite your friends to listen to the podcast. Tell them, search for godliness with contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. Um, And that's important. I mean, what I'm sharing is, one, it's helpful to me. It's helpful to you, I hope. But then also, it can be helpful to so many others. And so I would really appreciate, and I think ultimately God would appreciate um, us letting other people know about it, where they can find it. But anyway, this is Kino Hana signing off saying, check you later.